0: Straight up, pay him. Pay that man his money.
1: Show me the money! I need to feel you, Jerry! Show me the money! Jerry, you better go! Show me the money!
0: we like like the juice! Juice Juice Uh, is good, very good. It's so
2: good.
1: Hope everyone had a winning weekend. Welcome to cashing out with Scotty Vegas and Anthony Rothman. Anthony, strange weekend, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> it wasn't strange for you, big dog. You hit the prop of the year in week one, and I can't wait for you to tell people about it. The only thing I'm sad about is that I wasn't riding your coattails all the way into the drive through at the bank because, my goodness... I think we may have found something. We invented the Whopper on this show, but the the prop payoff may be one to target moving forward. I can't wait for you to tell the story.
1: Yeah, so it's a it was a big parlay prop bet uh, that I, I tinkered with uh, for hours leading into it. But uh, yeah, we're we're going to get into that because that was a hundred and ten to one
0: win. Oh my hundred and ten to one on the Thursday nighter, Tampa Dallas, and in a way, you did it. Did Whopper? It did offer two separate bets. It was two yeah. separate bets. You know what? Let's just talk about it right Dude, now, right? It was Tampa and Dallas. And you had texted me all the different props. Whether you know, and by the way, you threw in result. You threw in like Tampa laying the points and wanting through Dallas getting the points in another. You covered yourself there, and then you grabbed props on both sides. And I'm telling you, and and you can, I want you to tell the story. But there was a bad beat that was about to happen for you in this prop parley, and I'm not sure that you and I discussed it, and it may have been Godwin's fumble trying to get into the end zone because, one, it didn't get you to the points you needed for Tampa. And number two, I think when I looked at it, he may have been a yard short of what you needed for his receiving yards at that point. That is absolutely right. Because we'll get into the specifics, but let me take you back to about
1: seven o'clock on that Thursday mm-hmm. night where I'm sitting on the John. Putting together the perfect parlay, and that's exactly what it was. I I decided, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to try this props parlay. I'm going to try a Dallas one, and I'm going to try a Tampa Bay one. The Dallas one happened to be 110 to one. Mm -hmm. It was Dallas plus nine and a half. By the way, the whole thought Mm -hmm. process was this was going to be a high scoring game going in. That's why I was able to do this, but it was Dallas plus nine and a half to score 21 or more points. Dak Prescott to throw for two touchdowns. 27 completions, 306 yards, Amari Cooper to go for at least six catches and 66 yards and Ceedee lamb to go for six catches and 76 yards. And this is how close everything was. Everything was looking really good through three quarters. It was like nearly a lock. The, the, the big question that I had was, was Dallas going to actually be able to keep this game within nine and a half. That was my big concern. All the player props were coming through, but Anthony, it came down to CD lamb, CD lamb, actually at that point, uh, late in the game, three minutes to go, only had five catches and he was about mm-hmm. nine yards short of what I needed. And so with three minutes to go, they throw the ball to CD lamb. He catches it. And, uh, he get I think he got about 11 yards on the play. Well, guess what? couple seconds later, I'm, I'm, I literally grabbed my phone ready to text you mm. that it's over, that it's done, that I won. Yeah. And there was a holding penalty that brought it all back. And I'm like, oh, dear God, yeah. if this holding call ruins the parlay. Well, fortunately, it didn't because a couple plays later, he ended up with a 13-yard gain. And that $35 bet while on the John ended up producing a $4,000 win, the greatest parlay yeah. win I've ever had.
0: Yeah, it, You produce something on the John, and then you produce something <laughs> that turned to gold Outside of that. And who knows? The stuff you did in the John may have turned to gold. I don't know. <laughs> you you know what? I'm, I, I'm superstitious. So now, now all your bets are going to be done
1: in the office on the throne. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly. And you know what? I, I lost other parlays this weekend. And I 100% know why. It's because I wasn't on the crapper making the picks.
0: Yeah. That's right. Your picks went down the crapper when you weren't on the crapper. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, okay, congratulations. It's one of the great wins. And by the way, the fact that you got it in game one of the NFL season makes everything worth. Every- now you're you're on house money now going into the season, which is great. It's a big win. I'm going to ride your coattails for a prop parlay for an NFL game because I love this idea of rooting for catches and points and yards and all of that stuff. Um, it's amazing you were able to check every box. What you didn't fill in was the the whopper which was once you secured the tampa portion for the big money you still had a a nice sizable chunk on the cowboys no the other way i had i won oh, the i'm Cowboy sorry you won one. the Tampa on the field goal my bad yes yep, yes that's right.
1: so you're right the other the other way around was I, I i what i did was i did a tampa bay one and i did a dallas one. the dallas one won one hit the four thousand dollars that was awesome the tampa bay one it ended up being, uh, you know, this one was Brady number of touchdowns. It was, it was Tampa Bay just winning mm-hmm. the game, not covering yeah. the spread. And it came down to Chris Godwin needing a certain number mm-hmm. of yards and catches. Well, he was one catch short uh, going in to what was actually, he made the a final catch. drive, I think. Yeah, the, the final drive. Yeah. And he made a catch heading into the end zone in which, The Tampa Bay one looked like it was going to come through. Well, I needed the last drive because I needed Tampa Bay to score 31 points, and I needed them to win the game. So they kicked the field goal. They got to 31 points on the field goal, and so
0: everything came through, and so I won another grand on that. Let me ask you this. If Dallas misses the field goal attempt to take the lead, I can't remember Tampa. Then would sit on the ball, and you would have lost both. I w- no, I would have still won the Dallas one because okay. that one was plus nine and okay. a half,
1: and all the other things came through. Okay, uh, the Tampa Bay one would have lost because Tampa Bay would not have gotten to thirty-one, 31 points.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, fantastic. It was unbelievable. I hope I hope that you can now uh, give us some of your information to let our listeners know, so we can all share in the success of your. On the John success stories. Well, you and, I, one. you and I—you and I—are doing one tonight. Yeah, we have to with the Monday night football game. Yeah. Oh, there's no question. I'm all in on these now. It's the only way to watch Monday night football. I mean, certainly you can whopper the game if you want, just bet a certain side. But this is so much more fun, and 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 really, the fun part is the low risk, incredibly high reward. Well, and and here's the
1: thing. Here's the deal with it. If you've got a high scoring game, the team that you are backing is scoring a lot of points. Mm-hmm. This is a correlated parlay is basically what it is. So like looking at tonight's game, you got Las Vegas. If they were to win the game, the over under on their total team, total points is 23. If they're going to win tonight, they're going to go over the 23 total points. Yeah. And let's face it, Derek Carr's numbers. He's gotta he's gotta go over 263 yards passing, two touchdowns, number of completions, things like that, if they're gonna win the game. So it's all correlated. And so you put it all together. So I've got the Las Vegas one and we're gonna do a Baltimore yeah. one, and it's gonna be fun. But so that is my best thing that I had happen this weekend. Anthony, what was the best thing that you saw this
0: weekend? Yeah, the best thing I saw, which was pretty much the one that I didn't expect to see, was the Green Bay Packers looking like trash. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers in the process, Mr. R-E-L-A-X. I know it's a long season. I know you heard LaFleur say his team got embarrassed. And then when they told Rodgers about it, he was more like, it was almost like he was was upset that his coach used that word. Well, I'll let him use that word, but I'm going to say it's a long season and 16 more weeks. He's right. I get it's a long season. But neutral field, Jameis Winston taking over, and the fact that Aaron Rodgers scored three points, a quarterback team by Aaron Rodgers scored three points on a neutral field against the Saints. I know their defense is good, but come on. Like that to me, um, and and being a Viking fan, certainly it took my lumps against Cincinnati. Uh, Good win for the Bengals in OT. But uh, the most surprising thing I saw Uh, definitely had to be that it just, it didn't make sense to me that they were never in the game. You know what? If I was a Packers
1: fan, yes, the game sucked, right? But the way Aaron Rodgers reacted and and you just described it well, that would have pissed me off even more. You know, then the game itself, the fact that he just kind of like, you know, he kind of put the green Bay through all through the ringer in the off season, you know, the fans stayed behind him and then they have a just absolute stinker in game one. And then for him to react like that,
2: he's,
0: it's almost, he comes off like that. Everyone else is the bad guy for yelling. The sky is falling and he's the Mr. Perspective. He, let me give you a dose of perspective. Now, the reason he can do that is because he's so damn good. Yeah, and so he knows he's going to have great games this year. and he knows it does only count as one. I'm not disputing that. And he is the leader of the team, and it's not his job to panic and and all that. and and but he needs to come to that podium with a I was garbage. I have to get better. I'm the leader, not that um well, oh, it's a long season and all that. I, I I agree with you. I don't think that's what fans want to hear. Um, now, do I want him to lie to me? No, but I also want him to take a little ownership other than that everyone else is yelling and and they're the ones that are barking up the wrong tree. But now he did say he played bad. I, I'll give him that. But to me, just to, to kind of go back to the original point, 133 yards, no touchdowns and two picks in the opener when you're talking about, like you said, the off-season of everything, and this is his last hurrah and the big ride out of town, uh, was more than surprising. Yeah. How about the worst thing? that you saw all weekend. Well, the worst thing I witnessed and I did this in person uh was A getting into Ohio Stadium to watch Ohio State. How long did that, that, How that long was did that take? Well, getting in was, you know, once I lined up at my gate, I think it was 14 you know, it took about 15 minutes to kind of get through there. There were some gates. it was just a cluster. What was weird is that everyone was just kind of pouring through. The scanners weren't working very well. And now, do I know that people lined up without tickets thinking that they could get in without one? Probably not. I imagine everyone who got in that stadium actually did have a ticket. But the, it was so whacked the way it worked out with this touchless, which is so kind of ironic in that everything is touchless and they want to make sure because of COVID and you're buying your beer over here and picking it up over there yet when you get in there it's 90,000 plus sandwiched in together right (laughs) so it's like it's kind of uh, hypocritical but um, the worst thing I saw was that defense Ohio State's inability to recognize or adjust to the same play over and over again makes you think the coaches did not have them prepared they could not adjust uh, they were out-schemed, out-coached, and eventually lost the game because they were out-executed. So they were out everything on that day on Saturday in the shoe. It was the worst defense I've seen in a while. We all were led to believe that they would be better. They are a severe work in progress on that side of the ball. Their front four was supposed to at least cover for their back end while it evolved, Scotty. And the front four couldn't get to the quarterback um, it was four blocking, you know, five blocking four for Oregon. They were fine all day with that. They never adjusted, never threw any any big blitzes at Anthony Brown, and he carved him up. And the running backs did a great job for Oregon. And Oregon came in here. Usually, when teams come into Ohio Stadium, underdogs, they and they're leading the game. They kind of hang on for dear life. They they play a little not to lose. Oregon didn't do that. Um, they made some big calls. But the ones that the broken record ones, the RPOs, the crack block in, Mm -hmm. nobody there on the left side, watching that happen over and over again was really the worst thing I saw this weekend.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Every time Oregon got the ball, I assumed they were going to score a touchdown. It was that awful. It was pathetic. And what is it now? Last three games, Ohio State's given up a, a total of 113 points in over. Yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Scott, it's not a one game situation here. They the, the defense was bad against Minnesota and yeah. we know what Alabama
0: did to them in the title game. The other part about it is which we've seen now over and over again. Yes, they they've been pushed around defensively. It's the 99-yard drive when you're pinned on the 1-yard line in the closed end of the horseshoe. A 77 yard touchdown run when once they get past the first level, they can beat anyone like it's a playground game. You rarely see that when Ohio State lines up against people that the guys are and that only have a split second to react, and if they don't, guys go into the house, and that's what happened. It's they they gotta tie a tourniquet on here. I know it's week two and it's only, it's a non-conference game, but we don't view things as beating Michigan anymore and winning the Big Ten. That that's like almost a gimme. It's more about Playoff bound, and when you get there, what do you do? Now, they righted that wrong last year when they beat Clemson in the semifinal. I don't think anybody was beating Bama the way that offense was. But for Ohio State to get back to even having an opportunity in the playoff, um, they're going to have to get this fixed. And it won't get fixed, certainly against Tulsa and Akron and beyond. I mean, they're going to have to wait until um, they get either to a Big Ten title game or potentially, I would say, you know, Indiana, a team that may have an offensive switch. We're not sure yet, Um, but there are a couple, you know, like Iowa on the other side is looking pretty solid right now. So uh, that was definitely the worst thing I saw this weekend. Think about the prop parlays that
1: could be put together against this Ohio State defense right now. You could load up. Uh, All right.
0: By the way, Ohio State is usually historically very good against the number. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. They are. And not only that. Usually, the team that plays them tough but loses is the team you should bet against the next week. Yep. Because they gave everything, every ounce they could to trying to beat Ohio State, didn't do it. Usually, you take the loser. Oregon wins. I don't even know who they play next week, but um, we've always made money betting Ohio State against the number because they're a cover machine at the end, usually. And then also betting against the team that took them to the wire the following week. Well, a great example is week one, Minnesota.
1: I don't know if you saw, but week two, Minnesota barely got by Miami of Ohio.
0: So that's it. It's a perfect. It it proves my point.
1: Yeah. So the worst thing that I saw this weekend, other than the Ohio State defense, because really that was the worst thing I saw, uh, the sports books dominated dominated week 1 of the NFL. The underdogs actually nine and win. five
0: or the under itself was very strong too. The under was 9 and 6.
1: Underdogs were 11 and 4 hmm. against the spread this weekend. 11 and 4. That's ridiculous. That's a terrible combination for the public uh who's 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 betting. The the betting public loves overs and loves favorites. And what came through? Underdogs and unders. So that was the worst <laughs> thing I saw this weekend. How about this? What were you right about going into this weekend?
0: Uh, I was definitely right about Stafford. I mean, I know that was against the Bears, but I think I threw out last week, I can't remember whether I took Stafford as a potential MVP at about 16 or 18 to 1, something like that. Uh, I knew the narrative would be, can they throw it around? I knew the narrative would be that Sean McVay would be able to dial up plays for a great quarterback, and he's going to have his moments. He's going to get his numbers. Now, whether the running game will be enough, but here's the good thing about the MVP. If the running game isn't enough, and they're winning in spite of a lack of a running game. It's even going to lean more towards that Stafford could be a possible MVP. Um I certainly was right about the Cardinals. I I definitely had them against Tennessee. Um Kyler Murray is probably a very good MVP if you caught him before the season. I don't know what he was. 23 to 1. 25 was he that much or not? I think he I think it was around 20. Yeah. 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 So um but I was right about Stafford and I think I'll continue to be right about him that he will be in an MVP conversation. Winning it, that's another thing, especially with what Mahomes did over the weekend and what Kyler Murray did over the weekend. But everyone's like almost favorite to win the MVP. Josh Allen had a horrible game. And so now he's, he's, you know, one hurdle back. Yep.
1: Yep. And I'm going to stick with the I was right uh, about the MVP talk too, because my guy was Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson came out and he was on mm-hmm. fire. Four touchdowns, a 69-yarder to lock it. Great start. New offensive coordinator there. I think they're going to let Russ cook more this year, so I was right about that. What I was wrong about, before we get to what you were wrong about, it was Ohio State, and not only was I wrong from the start of the game, where I thought OSU would cover the 15 points, which ended up being the the, uh, closing line. But I kept betting Ohio State in-game. Mm. I was an idiot. So in the first half, Oregon takes the lead. Uh, the, the line came down to OSU minus eight. And I'm like, all right, yes, this is perfect. Uh, I got a lower number, I you know, and and so I put more in on mm. Ohio State. Then at halftime, mm-hmm. Ohio State's down a touchdown, and the line's down to three and a half. And I'm like, okay, they're going to make the adjustments at the half, just like they did against Minnesota, come out and win. Well, obviously that didn't happen. And then, Anthony, even late in the game, Late in the game, Ohio State was plus 300 on the money line down a touchdown mm. in the fourth quarter. And the, the thought was, okay, they get a defensive stop, the offense is going to score, and they got a great chance to win. So 3 to one's great odds. Yeah. Well, the defense actually did get, a, I guess, a random lucky stop is how I got to put it. But they got a lucky stop, and the Ohio State offense was not able to score. So uh, I was wrong about OSU in-game all day on Saturday.
0: Well, I don't blame you for taking that 3 to 1 at the end because the building had finally come alive. The building waited. It's too bad it waited. It was too late, but that was a that was a a time where you could have definitely jumped in and I probably would have jumped in with you because I do feel like there was something there for the taking late because if they do get that game to overtime, you got to feel like they're going to win that game. It just it would feel like that. It'd be like Oregon blew their chance. And, you know, Mumford's holding penalty was big because you were driving. Um, They didn't get into an area where they could take a real strike. Um, You got to give it to Oregon. They converted that late third and three with a few minutes to go. They kept the chains moving. Um, I was wrong about Buffalo. Buffalo. Um, I threw that in as my home money line on the parlay with Tampa and the Sandi. Rams. We thought it would be one of those that at least they'd win the game. I did, I was too scared of the, of the spread. What was the spread on that game? Six and a half. Okay, so I was definitely not going to toy with that. But uh, it looked like they played not to lose. And, and that's not the way I would expect them to play with Josh Allen signing a $260 million contract. Uh, the defense for the Steelers came to play. Their special teams blocked a punt for a touchdown. Everything that could go wrong did. Um, The offense was built mostly from screen passes. There was a P.I. penalty. And they shouldn't have had enough to beat Buffalo in Buffalo. And I watched Josh Allen overthrow some guys deep. Uh, They couldn't do anything. Um, They just came up really bad on fourth downs. They had two fourth and short punts near midfield in the first half. Um, They just just looked bad. It doesn't mean that that the Bills aren't going to win the division. I still think they are. But that's too bad on my best bet to not get that leg of it because, I mean, I felt really confident the Rams would, would win. I felt overly confident Tampa would win, and they barely got it. But, and once I got that in week one, once I got the one I was afraid of, I thought this is a lock. Buffalo win at home, and so will L.A. It's so funny. Yeah. You and I
1: think exactly alike. I, I had Tampa Bay in the money line Parlay, and I had uh, the Bills as well. So that that killed me. All right, this is Cashing Out with Anthony Rothman. I'm Scotty Vegas. It is now time to bring in our guy Moneyline Mark. All right, we welcome in Moneyline Mark to the Cashing Out podcast and and Mark, you called Kyler as your MVP last week. Anthony said Matt Stafford, I said Russell Wilson. We got to pat ourselves on the back a little <laughs> bit cuz all three looked pretty amazing.
2: Absolutely. All three did great.
0: All three are going to lose to Mahomes. We'll all be crying. But um, I tell you what, we made a move. We feel like we're in good value now because I think you caught Kyler at what? 20 or so to one or 23 to one? Yep. Yeah, that's 23 23 to one. So he's down to 10 to one. So you feel like you're way ahead of the game. I had Stafford at 16 to one. He's now eight to one. Scotty had Russell Wilson at 16 to one. He's down to 10 to one. And then the Mahomes magic against the Browns keeps him as the leader at five and a half to one. So um, if, if if anybody dumped in money on Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen, you are behind the eight ball in week one.
2: Just shows you should be listening to us and taking our mm-hmm. advice.
1: That's right. That's right. So, okay, Mark, any wins uh, to, to speak of this weekend? Any, anything you want to brag about
2: betting-wise? Uh few things the the biggest disappointment was the Jets I thought they'd do a little bit better and I thought that'd be a little bit more competitive game Uh, Wilson showed some flashes towards the end but just not enough talent around him so that one was a a disappointment for me Um, and then you know obviously Ohio sports it was just rough all around so that's unfortunately a lot of negative energy (laughs) came from me this weekend Um, so not, not a ton of great things to speak of
1: yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about a bad beat that I had yesterday. This was a devastating – and I and I, I texted you, Mark, about this. So I did one of those prop parlays that I had so much success with on Thursday night, and I did it with the Arizona Cardinals because I knew the Tennessee defense sucked. Okay, so I yeah. thought, okay, I'm going to stack a bunch of stats uh, for Arizona. And I did things like Kyler Murray – over two touchdowns, Kyler Murray, number of yards, uh, all these things. And everything was lining up to perfection. So through two and a half quarters, everything was basically done. I had a, a full quarter left. And all I needed was DeAndre Hopkins, who had a great, great start of the game. All I needed was one more catch and two more yards the entire fourth (laughs) quarter, the entire fourth quarter, and they only threw to him once on the sideline. He had the ball, but then he dropped it, falling out of bounds. It was a devastating loss. They were blowing him out,
0: though. What was the score at the end of three?
1: That was the problem. It was a blowout, so the Cardinals the entire fourth Mm. quarter ran the ball. I was actually rooting for Tennessee touchdowns and and points just so the Cardinals had to keep playing in the game, and they kept Hopkins in there. I kept watching watching i kept focusing every single play on hopkins but they never threw mm. it to him again so while thursday night was amazing uh sunday
0: that was a horrific bad beat
2: kirk got a few touches didn't he too there a, a couple passes his way so he, he did. did you're exactly touchdown.
0: right so i mean he checked into two of his touchdown throws one to hop and one to christian kirk and they were playing so the titans were playing cover 0 and kyler recognized it he was locked in Yeah, your Kyler pick for MVP is looking good. But,
1: uh, all right, let's go ahead and look. So, we got the Monday night football game tonight. There's some prop bets out there, Moneyline Mark, that I know that you love. What do you
2: got? To me, I think there's going to be a big play, like a a big play for each team tonight, at least one. And I look at, you know, some of the playmakers on each team and – you know, some folks that – or some guys that kind of underachieved last year. And the two that pop in my my mind are Henry Ruggs and Hollywood Brown. I think they both uh, were underutilized. So a lot of my props are around them. Um, so uh, longest reception over 19.5 yards, I got Henry Ruggs. Uh, total receiving yards over 48.5, I got Hollywood Brown. Uh, total touchdown passes, Derek Carr over 1.5. Uh, total receptions, Mark Andrews, 4.5. And then uh, over 62.5 rushing yards, Tyson Williams. I think he's just going to be fed the ball a lot because we don't know what to expect from the other guys they have in there. And, and you know, they've been raving a lot about uh, Tyson Williams' in offseason, so I think he's going to get fed quite a bit tonight. And then the big uh, plus 800 rugs and brown to score a TD is my final prop.
0: Solid. I like those picks. Uh, I'll give people a little info real quick. Josh Jacobs added to the injury report with non-COVID. He was trending toward playing tonight. Uh, NFL Network now reporting should be good to go. Uh, Vegas is 100% vaccinated as a team, so uh, we're good there. So if people wanted to know about Jacobs there, but uh, yeah, no, I like those. I think Scotty's going to draw me into the parlay pool and the prop pool because I think that's the way to go. But uh, I I like those. That feels good because certainly I think the Raiders, um, they're going to throw it around. And I'm glad you have all those because I'm going to mark those down and probably hop on board.
1: Yeah, and let me tell you this one. This is the one that I was looking at for for Las Vegas because I I do think – You know, Las Vegas at home has a good shot tonight to actually not only cover the spread or to to, with the four points, but also to win the game. I think they're a decent money line play. So here's the the parlay that I came up with, a props parlay. Uh, I've got Las Vegas to win the game to score 23 or more points. Derek Carr to go over 263 yards to get at least two touchdowns. 25 completions Waller to get six catches for at least 73 yards with a touchdown. And then rugs I'm with you. I'm with you, Mark on, on rugs. I've got him as over 31 yards. So all that, by the way, is just Las Vegas and it pays hundred to one similar to the one I did on Thursday night. So if Vegas can come through with a nice offensive performance with Carr throwing the ball a lot and a couple TDs, I think it's a pretty decent correlated parlay.
2: Anthony, wasn't he giving me a hard time about picking the Raiders earlier?
0: <laughs> I think he was, man. Yeah, he's, I think he was. he's changed his tune. That's for sure. Uh, Vegas, uh, of all those things he just mentioned, Mark, um, you know, the 25 completions for Carr. That, that'd be a nice, a nice game. Uh, the 263 yards doesn't scare me. Um, they're going to win the game. You expect them to throw a couple TD passes, so let's check that correlated box. Uh, Vegas on the money line, certainly that's, you know, they're at home. I'm okay with you taking that risk. 23 or more doesn't bother me at all. Um, Waller averaging 12 yards a catch. Got to get them into the end zone. I think that's fine. I like all of these. I think the the one that jumps out to me is those 25 completions. Will Carr get 25 um, that may be a little in question. Is there any one of those, Mark, that, that you think is riskier than the others that you would either take out or uh, feel good
2: about? I think I'm with you. I just don't know if the game plan is going to call for him to throw that much to get. And he he's fairly efficient, but I mean, he's going to have to throw probably what 32 to 35 at least to get to get that type of completion number. I think, which you know, could happen.
1: Let me tell you my fear and I agree with you guys on the completions. My fear is Baltimore is going to eat up a lot of clock too. I am going to be rooting for Baltimore to be scoring relatively quick touchdowns and I wouldn't be upset if Vegas got down in the game, if the Raiders were down in the game and then Derek Carr just had to sling it around. So, I yeah. wouldn't mind uh Baltimore getting up 10-nothing or 14-3
0: or something like that and then it just mm-hmm. you know the Raiders have to throw the ball. So let's kind of dip into last year just quickly, just for a second, to give either Scotty some confidence or not. He has gone 25 or more completions a handful of times last year. He did it against Indianapolis in a loss when he threw it for 45 times, went 31 of 45 in a loss, high-scoring game. Um, He did it actually back-to-back weeks. He did it at New York against the Jets. He was uh, 28 of 47, uh, he went uh, 32 of 44 against Buffalo in a loss, and he went 28 of 38 against the Saints late in the year. So he's done it a handful of times. Certainly he's laid some eggs, you know, with the 13, 16, 15 completion-type games. But it's nice to see that it's not just a uh, once every now and then for him. It's, he, he did it four or five times last year.
1: Yeah, and at 100 to 1, I just think yeah. it's a good parlay- a good correlated parlay. Let me tell you the Baltimore one now. It's uh Baltimore with a win, scoring 27 or more points. Mark Andrews mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm going with with you, Mark, on this one. Mark Andrews with at least four catches, 58 yards. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins, three catches, 41 yards. And now this is this is the one that I'm more nervous about. It's Lamar Jackson going for 212 passing yards, 19 completions. And two passing touchdowns i don't know I, the fact that you know the running back situation is a little dicey i'm hoping Lamar you know throws for the touchdowns rather than
0: runs them in of those three you mentioned with Lamar, you said two, twelve, nineteen completions, and two touchdowns yep yeah I think it's I think honestly it's the two touchdowns that that would uh scare me the most in that, but not scare me away completely um, because If he gets those, um, certainly you're going to hit. You're probably hit your 27 points. Andrews, I'm not scared about at all. Um, Watkins, you never know whether he's just going to be totally silent or not. But you got to love the fact that you went away from the running game because he's going to need to throw the football, and you didn't do anything rushing yards for him. For no, no.
1: So his rushing yard total over under was 75 which was a lot, and then him to score a rushing touchdown, you're giving up minus 250 juice, which I I just thought was way too much.
2: He's going to have to throw more, too, to hold up all year. I mean, he he's going to have to, to mm-hmm. really be spreading it around. So maybe some of those short to intermediate passes, you know, might help you out with that one.
0: I like what you're saying about that. I've heard a lot of guys, even on ESPN, and I think Greenberg said that, you know, he might lead the league in rushing yeah, he could do that, but, I mean, it's, it's that's a lot of wear and tear on him. And I agree with you, Mark. I'm, I'm going to go with that route. Let's look at his 19 completions, which is kind of an interesting number right now. I'll dip into last year a little bit. He started out his year. These are the completions starting out the year. 10, 17, 17, 11, 12, 17. Uh-oh. That's when, yeah, but that's when he had dudes that he could handle. Yeah, you know he didn't probably didn't need to throw like Mark said he's going to need to throw it around. He he finally hit on uh, twenty four completions uh, against New England and a loss. A hit right on the number nineteen against Indy. That's thirteen, sixteen, nineteen, fourteen, fifteen, eighteen. Mm. And then he did get a twenty against the Browns when he was twenty of twenty five in that thirty eight to six uh, win earlier in the year in the in the opener. So um, later in the year he didn't throw it as much. Early in the year, he was winging it around. Uh, Weather certainly may have dictated some things, but um, that 19 number seems fairly easy until you go into his stats and think like he, he, he doesn't really push 20 that often. Yeah, let
1: me throw this out at you guys, because on the Thursday night parlay that I had that one with Dallas and with Tampa Bay, I had both Dak Prescott, number of completions mm-hmm. and Tom Brady, number of completions. And Dak basically had the number beat at you know the start of the fourth quarter. That was a no, no question about it because he threw the ball all night. They didn't run the ball with Zeke at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then Tom Brady, the only reason why he was able to get the number of completions was because they were, they ended up needing that last drive and that's, they got a couple completions
0: late. And so he went over, he only went over by, I think two or three. He had a run. I think you could have stolen two completions at the end of the first half, I believe. Yes. And they both fell incomplete. I thought you could have stolen a couple there. Um, but you're exactly right. When he started getting a rhythm going, uh, he shattered the over on that. Yep, that's right. All right, line, Mark, let's go with your
1: favorite play of the week this week.
2: I love the Cowboys over the Chargers. I think the Cowboys should have won that game uh, last week. They fought hard. Um, I, I, In fact, I don't know if I've seen a Cowboys team play as hard as they did last week. So I, I really think, they're going to bounce back against the Chargers.
0: It's going to be pivotal, right? It's going to be pivotal for them. Uh, but you're right. I mean, there was a lot of hope uh, coming out of that first game, almost believing they should have won the game, should have stolen it. That would have been a great upset to start the year. Um, Chargers do get a win on, a, on the road, though, against a, a pretty good defense in Washington. So um, I I will tell you this. I think it's. You're riding the right trend, but it seems like you just wonder whether you know what you're really going to get week to week out of them and that defense, whether that defense will be able to hold up against the Chargers. But uh, I like the fact you're riding the wave on the Cowboys. All right. So let's wrap this up now with a little
1: week Two daily fantasy, Uh, you know, all week long, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, those uh, numbers come out. The salary cap come out. Who are you targeting in week two for daily fantasy?
2: So I love a guy you mentioned on our last podcast, which was Jameis Winston for Comeback Player of the Year. So I'm riding that hot hand. I also like uh, some stackable stuff you mentioned. So I'm actually going to stack three uh, or two other of Jameis' teammates. So I got Jameis Winston, Kamara, Harris from New England, Callaway from New Orleans, Keenan Allen, Ebo Samuel, Furkser for uh, the Titans, DJ Chark, and Raiders defense.
0: Interesting that you mentioned Harris because um, he had the, the the fumble and certainly doesn't want that to define him. Um, There's some thought that Belichick's going to reduce his workload after the fumble. We'll find out if that happens. I rarely mess around with the New England backfield, and he's coming off a pretty controversial game. So we're going to find out if that Harris play is correct. Yeah, I've got Harris in a couple of my fantasy leagues, and I, you know, that fumble was was a killer. Uh, not only did it cost them the game, it it also actually killed me in fantasy. Let me follow up one thing: money line, Mark. You're taking the Cowboys on the money line on the road against the Chargers, or with yes, the yes, sir. Pool? All right, so you're getting them at what, like around plus one thirty five, plus one forty, somewhere in that area.
2: One forty, yes. Okay.
0: All right. Just want to make sure we, we weren't uh, we got you down for that because that's a that's a nice little uh, payoff if you can get it but they are going on the road and you're taking them with no points naked before we do our final bets
1: for tonight's Monday night game I just want I I I also went looking at some of these daily fantasy and and to me you got to attack some of these defenses that were just horrendous in week 1 Tennessee's defense, by the way, was as bad as it gets uh, against the Cardinals in week one. And you know who they're going up against? Mm. They're going up against Seattle in week two. So it doesn't get any easier for the Tennessee defense. I'm also looking at Tampa Bay going up against Atlanta. And uh, also you mentioned that chargers Dallas game while you like Dallas to win the game. The one thing I get nervous about is that Dallas defense. So I think stacking a couple of chargers makes sense and Herbert looked good in week one. And then lastly uh, is, is green Bay. I I think green Bay is going to bounce back in a monster way uh, in week two against Detroit because Detroit's defense gave up a ton of points. Uh, they scored a lot of points, some junk points late in the game. But uh, that, to me, makes sense as far as some of the teams to target for Daily Fantasy for week two. But let's go to our picks for tonight. Anthony, you go first. We got a good one. Las Vegas. This can be either the, either a prop bet or, or a money
0: line bet over under. Whatever you want to do. What's the one bet you like the most tonight? Well, it's a tough one. I think I'm going to take the home dog in this game. It doesn't feel that comfortable going against Lamar Jackson, but I just think they've had, and and he could certainly, he could overcome uh, without the the running game. But I just think Derek Carr and Darren Wall are going to make some plays. Um, That's what they do. It's a primetime game. I think Carr shows up for this one. And I think I'm going to take them with the points. I'm going to play this safe, try to get a victory. Um, I caught them earlier in the week. I think at four and a half, I think it's down to three and a half. But I like them with the hook tonight, so I like them to keep it close. It'll be interesting to see if their defense can do anything against Lamar Jackson, but um I like we're gonna be riding car to wing it around a little bit and stay in this. So give me the Raiders plus the three and a half. All right, moneyline mark, where's your money tonight?
2: I'm riding Chucky. I got money line raiders tonight. I like it
1: and I am also going to go with the Raiders but I'm going to go with a team total. I'm going to go that they score over 23 mm-hmm. points. We need a shootout tonight. Come on, another props parlay. Let's do it. All right, this is cashing out with Anthony Rothman money line money line mark. I'm Scotty Vegas. We'll see you next Monday.
0: Straight up. Pay him. Pay that man his money.
1: Show me the money. I need to feel the Daddy.
0: Go, me the money! Jerry, you better go! Go, me the money! We like, like uh, the juice! Juice, like ah. juice is good, good. very, very it's good. It's so good.